Welcome to Real Life Podcast Conversations from Life Force Square. We invite you to dive deeper into the more difficult topics of faith. Have you struggled to find understanding in biblical topics not often taught from the pulpit? We may not have all the answers, but we are committed to the ongoing conversations as we search God's Word together. Mark and Lynn Cooper are your hosts. This show is our attempt at answering questions in a greater depth than a sermon would allow. We look forward to the dialogue and conversations your questions will bring. You can email us at reallifeatvisitlife.org. This podcast will cover many biblical topics, some fun, some serious, and some will simply pique your interest. This podcast is sponsored by Life Foursquare Church. It's produced by our media team here at Life Foursquare. So, yeah, Lynn, how you doing over there? We are in week three of our conversation in regards to repentance, which has sparked a lot of conversations. We've actually had a lot of comments and communication in regard or, I guess, feedback from this topic. We have. And, you know, we talked last week about David and Nathan and David realizing uh, obviously, he knew he had sinned, but he didn't see it. And so when the Lord brought conviction in his life through Nathan, he saw the sin and his response was repentance. I I can relate with that. I, I feel somewhat similar to that even in this moment now. I was just told by my wife, Lynn, in Austin, our uh, associate pastor, one of our associate pastors here who's actually helping with the podcast, that I'm a heavy breather and that... You can hear all my mouth noises and my my breathing. And so I've had to come to a place, you know, it's hard to hear. And you can hold that against them. All I'm doing is trying to breathe like a human being. But I do I do forgive them. I, I've repented of the mouth noises and the heavy breathing. Uh, and so if you're listening, I hope that doesn't distract you from our conversation today. You know, we really wanted to kind of open up as we close this topic, kind of open up what I think um, is a really wonderful example of how repentance, the, the root of repentance and how it may come to be in our lives. I want to take you to a book that many of you probably have started to read and then never finished. It's a hard book to get through uh, in the Bible, but it's the book of Job. If, go yes, ahead. Yes, it's closely, I would say though it is second to the book of limitations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are difficult Just reads. Saying. The there there's not a lot of, you know, it you almost it's heavy and it's depressive and it's it's hard to get through that. Limitations, you know, and Job both and talk Job about really rough back, things. Right. Job goes back and forth with um different types of of conversation and even types of literature that are taking place in the same book. And so you have to really understand what you're reading. And, and so it requires a little bit of, um, it's not an easy read. Is that a good sum up? It's not an easy read. Um, there's, there's, you know, over 40 chapters in Job, Job, just to give you a little background, Job is a guy who the Lord sees as being, you know, just awesome, a really, a really upstanding man. As a matter of fact, the Lord says, look at my servant. He's like the best ever. He's really, really great. 
And um, Satan contests that. And through this conversation between Satan and God, Job is put through certain trials, not by God. God simply allows those things to take place within parameter, right? Satan, you can't reach out your hand and touch him. You can't bring him to death. You can't. So he, he through throughout a various, uh, several different kinds of stages of tempting or testing, Job finds his life really a wreck. I mean, the guy's life is a wreck. His, his children have died. His wealth is gone. His health is gone. So it stands to have this moment of reflection on our perception. We often have this idea that if I'm a good Christian, my life is going to look blessed. Very good. And we need to really reel that in a little bit and and dissect it and recognize that blessing doesn't look to the eye as comfort or necessarily pleasure or um, the, the ideals that we might perceive. Really, blessing is referring to in, in that context more of like an anointing. And so what we recognize in the book of Job is this. One of God's faithful, faithful sons is is really put through the ringer over and over and over. And yet it is happening to him because of his faithfulness to the Lord. And it it requires that we question this idea of does a blessed life by God always look good, peaceful, easy? Very good. This is a conversation really that you and I have had a couple, you know, just a couple different moments of engaging this idea. The difference between favor and blessing. And um, we know that God doesn't play favorites, but we also know that we can find ourselves in the Lord's favor. And so was Job a favored man? Was he in the Lord's favor? In chapter 1, verse 8 of Job, it says, The Lord said to the adversary, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and an upright man who fears God and avoids evil. This sounds like a man walking in God's favor. And and he's positioned himself that way by his actions and his belief and his love for God, his faith. He is walking in the favor of God. Is there any moment in this story, the book of Job, where he exits the favor of God? No. no. He's continually in the favor of God. And he's succeeding and overcoming the tests and the trials that he walks through while still being in the favor of God. And so we can catch ourselves in this perception thing that takes place. Oftentimes, I think we were playing a game or something. No, we were doing riddles at the table. Our daughter came down with a bunch of riddles. And and Mark knew all of them. And it makes you just want to squeeze his neck and shake I'm him. I'm super smart. And humble. That was a joke. Totally humble. I'm totally not smart. And but he made this joke and he was like, oh, yeah, no, I just must be living right. And totally joking, really, because we had had this conversation. But how often have we heard comments like that? That's it. And so yeah. we often, we can find ourselves in this trap as believers of referring to 
good things as God's blessing when they're not God's blessing at all. And, and another just element to add on that would, would be how oftentimes people referred to miraculous as things that man's hands had done. Yeah. And so if we could measure them in the same way, God's blessing doesn't mean that you were good and so you found that item for 80% off, right? You got the last one, last great deal. That's not necessarily God's blessing. And so we have to begin to perceive this properly, really in order for us to understand and operate in repentance properly. It's a big it's a big deal. It's a it's a hard pill to swallow because what it means is I might be walking perfectly according to the will of God in his favor and experiencing his blessing while at the same time it feels to me that my life is falling apart or spiraling or things that I don't want to happen are taking place. Yeah, that's part of it. That's okay. That can happen when we're following the Lord. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, prepare yourself for it because it's probably going to happen. Right. And I think if you are a leader, if you are a business owner, there's so much right now that you know, I, I would communicate as a leader, there's a lot that I might be in charge of, but very little that I'm in control of. And so that puts us in this very interesting, you know, type of limbo. And we have to look at even other leaders in the Bible and and look and say, does this, if I believe that God's blessing is all good and rainbows and cupcakes... Well, what would that say about Jeremiah? What does that say about um, Paul in prison? What does that say about Philemon? What does it say about so many leaders that we see who really their life is so much struggle? Yeah. And so we have to know how to separate the, the two because it will come down to this place where we question, am I really... A Christian, am I really saved? Did I because hear my Lord? life doesn't look good. Am I really a son or a child of God? And and oftentimes we just confuse the the idea that yes, I am an heir to the kingdom of God, right? Yeah. However, that is a spiritual kingdom, not this earth's kingdom that is at play in this moment right right sometimes as we process um the lord's sovereignty the will of god our place in that will and even topics like repentance we can come to a place where we're focused on the wrong reality we're focused on the wrong outcome um or the wrong kingdom I want to take you to this place in Job. In chapter 40, Job questions the Lord, actually is pretty upset with God and accusing him. He's, he's ready to just die. And he's, he's saying, I wish, my, I wish you'd face me and tell me what I did wrong. Um, how can you be a good God and all of this stuff happened without excuse, without me knowing why it's happened? What did I do to you? That's Job's accusation. And in verse... 41, God responds to Job 
And he responds with two, really two characters, um, two examples. One is Behemoth and one is Leviathan. (sighs) Large animals. I don't know what they were. Read it, read it yourself and come to a conclusion. One's a sea creature, one's a land creature. Pretty, pretty impressive as you read through the description of those animals. But what God is saying is, did you make these or did I? Did, were you, where, tell me where you were when the foundations of the earth were set. Did you measure it? Did you help lay it? Did you stretch your hand out? And then he uses these two examples, these two creatures, as, as a, really um, examples of power that were created by God. And he says, I made them when I made you. And, and it's a really harsh, really strong response to this accusation that Job has. And then in verse 42, you come to this place where we see something about repentance that we all have to really fully digest. This is important. It's important for us to really understand. I want to read it to you. In verse 42, it begins, then Job answered, I mean, chapter 42, I'm sorry. In chapter 42, it begins, verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no thought can be withheld from you. Who is he who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. So Job questions God. God responds strongly. And Job catches himself and says, whoa, I... I, I understand something now. I've spoke out of turn. I, I talked like I knew what I was talking about, and obviously I don't. In verse 4, he continues, and he says something huge. I want you to hear this. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you declare to me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I, ad- I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. What Job is saying is, listen, God, I think I overstepped. I think I spoke something or did something that I didn't fully understand what I was doing, and I didn't even fully understand who you were because I've heard of you, but I've never seen you. And now I see you with my own eyes, and I realize the difference between you and me. This is where repentance begins. We cannot truly repent when we do not understand the difference between God. Let me rephrase that. Understand and believe the difference between God and yourself. Job comes to this place really of fearing the Lord by by God's expression of himself through example. Now, Job didn't see God with his own eyes. What What did he see? He, he, he was able to see and understand what Leviathan was, and he was able to see and understand what Behemoth was. And so in our modern day, it would be like this. It would be like God saying, look at this blue whale. Look at this elephant. I made these. They're the most powerful land and sea creatures on earth. I made them. What'd you do? Who are you? And, and for us to then come to a place where we see clearly the difference between God and myself. A lot of the problem with repentance that we encounter is that we have taken some theology a little beyond its boundary. The theology is this. 
God's my friend. I'm friends with God. God's my equal. As a matter of fact, sometimes in my life, I'm God. What's the difference between God and I? I know God wants this, but I want this. And so why can't we both get something of what we want? Or I'll take Monday, you take Tuesday, and we'll rotate days, Lord. It's this kind of approach to the Lord that isn't a proper approach. It's not a proper recognition of who God actually is. He's the creator. You're made in his image. He's not made in your image. And we do this with the word of God often. We change it to fit our lives rather than changing our lives to fit the word. These things are non-negotiable. When we come to a proper understanding of that, when we accept that as truth, man, repentance is right around the corner. Job says, I hate myself and I repent. Wow. That's the beginning of repentance. Not to, not to go ahead. Yeah, it's the recognition of the cost and the weight of your sin and recognizing the cost of that sin. And though Job didn't have Christ and, and wasn't able to walk in relationship with God the way we are today, um, this, this statement is still true in regards to God, the living God that we are now able to talk to, that we are able to be in direct relationship with. And we can't forget the cost that he gave. He gave his son to pay the complete cost of our sin. And we have, we don't need to live under the weight or the shame or the guilt of that sin. But we better always recognize what it cost in those moments of repentance. When we don't, let me tell you what the the result or the fruit of. If, if you're thinking, I don't know if I have this issue or not, let me tell you how you can find out quickly if this is an issue in your life. Is it not a quick thing for you to forgive others? See, only when we don't understand how much God has really forgiven us would we with ever, ever withhold forgiving someone else. Would we really understand the weight of which God has forgiven each of us? Let me tell you, you are very quick to forgive and extend grace to others. Because like Paul said himself, I am the chief of sinners, right? Yeah. We, we all fall short. But we better also recognize the weight, though we aren't held bondage to those things. They are forgiven and they are gone, but they still had a cost. Yeah, that, that's a really awesome point. This, the, it's the recognition. You know, <clears throat> sometimes, um, especially in today's world, you'll, you'll, people run run their mouths on social media. People say things on social media that they would never say if they were standing in front of the person they were talking to. You know, picture a skinny little 14-year-old boy mouthing off to this full-grown 275-pound man just full of muscles. That happens every day on social media because they don't see it. They don't see the comparison of the two. Who's going to win in a fight? I mean, who's going to win there? Who has more power there? Of course, that 14-year-old boy is going to learn a very important lesson. He's, he's going to learn not to run his mouth. 
But that's often we, we miss some of those same things as we become very comfortable with God. It's good to be intimate with God. It's good to be comfortable with him. The Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. And not to be afraid of a tyrant or a person who doesn't love you, but to understand that that person who loves you breathed you out. He created you. Yeah. we God is our friend, but that's not his only role in our life. Yeah. He is our friend and our Lord. He is our healer. He is so many things in our life. He's not only our friend. And so often we will take those relationships that we experience here with our peers and and we often can lose some reverence that takes place and and so when we walk in a proper what i would call fear of the lord um we're able to see perfectly and that and that really is what we're trying to communicate and even just talk about today is that repentance um isn't just a church word. It's not even just, I'm sorry for doing something. Like we talked about before, it has many aspects. Uh, last week we mentioned this a little, but just just many aspects of how do I relate to God? And how do I find myself both in the favor of God and experiencing the blessing of God? Um and, and continually in that place. Repentance, for, for many believers, for most of us, and, and I only say that because I, God's great and he can do, and there are great people out there, but for, for me, repentance is something that is a frequent behavior and action in my life. It's not a one and done. I have to repent of things, of my heart, of my attitude, of my mouth, often. And so we just continually come back to this place where we begin to recognize it's not the end of repentance, but it is certainly the beginning, the recognition of the difference between myself and the Lord, my actions in his, my fidelity in his, my love in his. And then we can start to walk through that process of becoming more and more like him, but it does not happen without repentance. That's good. Thanks for joining us. We would love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. Send an email at reallife at visitlife.org to give us your feedback. Real Life is a weekly podcast ministry of Life Foursquare Church in Decatur, Illinois. We hope that you have a great week and look forward to continuing our conversation next time.